This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hi everyone, this is Dan McDonald with Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, and this is the first installment of Easy Does It Barbecue. We call it Easy Does It Barbecue because I'm going to show you the easiest way to do it. Let's talk a little bit about the format of the show. Um, it's about 30 minutes and we'll talk and we're going to go over all kinds of subjects regarding barbecue, what it is, where it came from, and how specifically you can do it yourself. We'll have guests, we'll talk about all kinds of topics, and we'll go from there. I'd like to start with going over a little bit about me so that you know what my background is and how I got started. My father was in the Air Force, and so I grew up on Air Force bases, and one of the locations that we were in was Isleson Air Force Base in Alaska. I was about seven or eight years old, and if you know anything about Alaska, salmon is a staple in Alaska, and smoked salmon is very popular. My father caught a lot of salmon, smoked it. I think it was the only way my mother would eat it at the time. We had a little smoker, and about eight years old, that was my first experience with smoked meats. And I had a great time doing it. We graduated up in the 60s and 70s. My dad was like any father. He had your three-legged charcoal grill. He poured all kinds of lighter fluid on that charcoal and lit it up. And we would grill and smoke all kinds of foods. Since learned that lighter fluid is somewhat of a cardinal sin in the barbecue world, but that's okay. That's what we're here to learn. Again, a little bit about myself. I spent most of my adult life in corporate America for about 25 years. I cooked on the side and it was basically a hobby for me, grilling, barbecuing, you name it. After I left corporate America, I always had a hankering to open my own business, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had a business partner at that time and we tried to decide what kind of business we wanted to get into. I attended a workshop for small business And I talked to a counselor, a gentleman, who basically asked me, what was it that I enjoyed? And I kind of laughed and I told him, well, I enjoy cooking outdoors on the weekend. He asked me where I bought all of my equipment. And at the time, I told him pretty much online because I didn't know where else to get it. And I think that's when the light bulb went off that, hey, I'll open a barbecue supply store and I'll provide the material for people that... I was ordering off the internet at the time. My business partner and I actually looked into buying a business called Barbecue Mercantile down in old Colorado City that was around about 10 years ago. And we just decided in lieu of doing that, we were gonna open our own up on the north end of Colorado Springs. And Colorado Barbecue Outfitters was born in January of 2012 and we've been in business ever since. My business partner retired in 2019 and so it is just me now running Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. And I love it. I go into work every day and absolutely love what I do. I answer questions. People come into my store not only to purchase, but to uh, talk to me and pick my brain on outdoor cooking in general. And I love nothing more than talking about it and answering their questions. And speaking of, we'll allow you to also send in questions. You can come into my store on the northeast corner of Vickers and Academy in Colorado Springs or You can email me questions you would like to hear that I talk about on the show in the future. You can send me messages on all the social media platforms. I'm on there as well. 
as I said, Colorado Barbecue Outfitters was born in 2012 and been in business ever since. Able to survive two major wildfires in El Paso County, the Waldo Canyon Fire and the Black Forest Fire. And then, of course, survived COVID last year. Most people now are at home working and it's allowing them more cook time. And that's where my business comes into play to help them out. For the past nine years, what have I been doing regarding barbecue? Well, I've been teaching classes for nine years. I have a best of barbecue class, which is pretty much sold out, surprisingly, for the last nine years. It is very popular. In that class, I teach you everything that you wanted to know about barbecuing. I also teach a holiday class. That class specifically covers things like prime rib roast, pork tenderloin, smoked turkey, and smoked ham. The best of barbecue class I mentioned prior covers what I call your big four, brisket, ribs, chicken, and pulled pork. I also teach some other miscellaneous classes throughout the year. I have a jerky class where I'll teach you how to make your own jerky at home, and we will do a segment on jerky in the future. I teach a sausage class. I actually teach a grilling class. Many people do not know the difference between grilling and barbecuing. A lot of people come into my store and they'll make the common mistake of saying they barbecue burgers. You actually don't generally barbecue burgers, you grill burgers. The difference between that is grilling, it's very simple. Grilling is hot and fast. You're cooking over an open flame and it's very quick. You can grill a burger in about four to five minutes if you want it medium rare. Barbecuing, on the other hand, actually has many definitions, um, but one of the most common is that it is low and slow. It is muscle meat that is cooked over a long period of time at a lower temperature indirectly, so it is not usually directly over the heat, and as it cooks, the muscle tissue breaks down, and that's why barbecue is so delicious. I also teach a cold smoking class where I teach people how to cold smoke things like cheese, veggies, fish, you name it. We plan on having future classes at the store to go over cooking pizza. Cooking pizza outdoors is a huge fad right now and has been for about four or five years. So a lot of people are buying pizza ovens and cooking their own pizzas at home instead of ordering it in. I've written articles for publications such as Casual Dining. I've also written some articles for the Gazette Teresa Farney, the food editor of the Gazette, has reached out to me over the last nine years for input on some articles that she has written. When we started Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, we were up on North Academy and we had a very small location like many small businesses. But as the business grew, we moved into a newer location and that is at the aforementioned Vickers and Academy in the Arendelle Square Shopping Center. I want to talk a little bit about the show formation. I mentioned that. As I said, it's a 30-minute show here on KPPF. I also have a YouTube channel that's called the same thing, Easy Does It Barbecue, where I will have many videos showing, just short videos showing you different things about barbecue, little tips and tricks over time. I plan to have guests on the show, so we will be able to answer a lot of questions for you. We'll have butchers, local butchers on the show. We may even have Teresa Farney, the food editor of the Gazette, on. We'll have cattle ranchers, local cattle ranchers, that will tell you where the meat comes from, what those animals are fed. You can make decisions on what is grass-fed versus grain-fed, things like that. Plan on having a lot of cooks. We have a handful of local barbecue food trucks right here in El Paso County. 
that many of you may have tried. And if not, we'll tell you all about them. And we'll have the cooks and the chefs and the barbecue pit masters on the show to talk about some of how they do it, some of their techniques, and maybe even where some of those trucks are located that you can enjoy some of that barbecue yourself. As I mentioned, questions and topics, we love to get your feedback. I want to know what would you like for me to cover, what techniques, what things have not worked for you that you would like for me to clarify, maybe why they didn't work, the different ways to cook barbecue. There is gas, there is charcoal, there is electric, there is wood pellet now. We have all sorts of different ways that you can cook outside. Many of us usually start with your small cheap electric or charcoal smoker and then we work our way up to whatever fancy apparatus you would like to have i have a friend of mine that just to show how simple barbecue can be who actually barbecues in a cardboard box he has got himself a small college hot plate that you can find at most thrift stores he puts a cast iron pan on that and believe it or not he does this right on the grass in his yard He plugs that in, turns it on. The cast iron pan has chips in it, and that's where he gets the smoke. He takes a cardboard box and puts it over all of it, runs two dowels through the box, and puts a cookie sheet. He'll put salmon chunks. He's done all kinds of barbecue, and he literally does it in a cardboard box. Now, you can do something a little bit easier than a cardboard box, but there are all kinds of smoking apparatuses out there. We typically refer to them as smokers. And again, you can get electric, charcoal, and work your way up. Usually, most of the time, people are going with something electric or charcoal, and that requires them to add the wood. And so it might be a little labor-intensive to start off with. And then come into my store, and we can work you up to something where you simply push a button, and everything is done for you. Believe it or not, we're at that point. We're actually at the point in the digital age now where the grills can be run from your phone. So they are Wi-Fi accessible. And you can turn the grill on, turn it off, change the smoke setting, and change the temperature right on your smartphone. You're listening to Easy Does It Barbecue. I'm Dan McDonald, and I'm here to show you how easy it is to do barbecue. We're going to talk about barbecue IQ. That's the term I use to kind of go over the different ways that you can smoke meats or barbecue. I'm going to start with your most easiest, and that is an electric smoker. Electric smokers are just that. They run, the heat is determined from electric element that regulates your heat, and it's no different than your kitchen oven. The heat will come on and it'll heat it up and then it'll cycle off and virtually every electric form of cooking is that way. It will cycle up and down, keeping an even temperature throughout. Now, what makes an electric smoker a smoker? The heat. By applying the heat and the smoke to the food, this is what simply creates our smoked meats. The heat penetrates the meat and the smoke penetrates the meat as well and it gives it that smoked flavor that we all like so electric smokers are very simple they're very reasonably priced of course we do have them at colorado barbecue outfitters the other way is charcoal and that's probably one of the most common ways that people think of when they think of a smoker when i mention the word smoker i am guessing what's popping into your head is an old school smoker 
with a firebox on the side, a huge round chamber, and then a big smokestack sticking out the other end. The reason those are designed that way is the firebox is typically on the left or the right. You make a fire in the firebox, and that can be done either just like making a campfire or most people will use hardwood lump charcoal, which is simply wood that has had the moisture extracted out of it and it's turned into carbon. The reason we do that is because it burns quite a bit longer than just regular wood. And so you're getting a longer cook. Remember, barbecue is low and slow over a long period of time. Whatever we can do to keep that heat regulated and steady over a 10 to 15 hour cook is better for the pit master. So the offset smokers, we create a fire or we get charcoal going and then we add the wood. There is usually a vent between the firebox and what we call the cook chamber and this is where your food is. The heat and the smoke travel into the cook chamber across the meat and the food. It's generally going across as if it's a stream and then it goes out the smokestack which is always almost always on the opposite end of a smoker. That way our heat and smoke is generated across the food and out through the chimney. And that's probably, when I mention the word smoker, is probably what most people think of in their head. There is also something called the reverse flow smoker. And I want to point that out because if you see a smokestack that is on the same side as the firebox, it kind of goes against what I just explained to you. What that is, is that is a two-level cook chamber. You'll put your meat in, the heat and the smoke will travel along the bottom and then it turns upward and travels back and out the chimney. And you will see some of those as well. So that's your typical pit master or what in Texas we call our smoking pit. Then you go up to what's called the water barbecue smoker. I typically call them the bullet smoker because it looks almost like a bullet standing up on end. It has a heat source at the bottom there is typically, to make it indirect, there is a pan, and a lot of people will put water in that pan to add moisture and humidity to the smoker, and also keep the heat from being direct. Remember, barbecue is about indirect heat. If we had direct, that meat would cook too quick, and it wouldn't give it time for those muscle tissues to break down over a period of time. So back to the water smoker, they're usually upright, they are charcoal at the bottom, adding wood chips or chunks. Sometimes the smoker has a place for you to add the chips or chunks. Most of them located now are going to be an outside way to add that. Otherwise, you have to take the whole smoker apart to add more wood. The meat is located above. Again, the heat and the smoke are circulating indirect, and then they're usually vented out the top. One of the simplest smokers I've ever used is what's called the Weber kettle. And that's another grill that people picture in their head. When I mention old school grill, it's got the three legs. It's got the round, almost looks like a spaceship. You put the charcoal in and you can grill on it. However, if you take that charcoal and move it over to the side, and this is something called two zone cooking, and we'll talk about that at a later date. But if you move that charcoal over to the side, and put your meat over to the other side, that is all it takes for indirect cooking. It doesn't have to be in another chamber like the smoking pit that I just mentioned. It can simply be six, seven, eight, nine, ten inches away. 
the vent or the lid that you put on top of that grill, the vent is placed over the meat. So again, you have air coming up through the bottom, through a vent on the bottom, and that is how the charcoal or fire is fed its oxygen. The heat and the smoke travel across the food and out through the vent at the top. And this is going to be your most basic cooking method when it comes to barbecue. Even my friend that I mentioned with the cardboard smoker, he is, he's getting heat from that electric element. He's getting smoke from the wood that's in the cast iron pan on, and then it's venting out through the top in a couple holes. That type of cooking is your most basic barbecuing. It's indirect with heat and smoke traveling across the food. As the digital age came, we started coming up with other ways to barbecue, such as ugly drum smokers, not the prettiest, not the prettiest uh, um, name that we call it, but basically it's an old oil drum that's been turned into a smoker. It's been made food grade. So if you ever think of making an ugly drum smoker yourself, please do research because if that old oil drum had oil in it or any other kind of toxic chemicals, it is very important to strip that down to start over. The ugly drum smoker is very similar to the other upright smoker I mentioned. You have a fire in the bottom and there are vents in the bottom giving it air and then you have an indirect source and then you have your meat above it and again, the indirect source is usually solved with what they call a water pan. It's simply a big pan with water in it, and it causes the heat to go up and around, and then it vents out the top. There's all kinds of fancy, ugly drum smokers. You see them self-made a lot, uh, but there are other ones on the market as well that are very fancy and help you control the temp. The point is to allow that heat in your fire source to last over a long period of time. Lastly, as, as I mentioned, we get into the digital age, we have grills, as they're called, although they really are an outdoor cooking apparatus, they're called wood pellet grills. Back in the 80s, the wood pellet grill was invented by a company named Traeger. Joe Traeger had a heating company, and true story, over the holiday, his gas grill blew over on his deck, and it basically ruined all the food for his family. And he set out to invent a way to pour pellets into a hopper. There is an auger that feeds the pellets into a firebox. The pellets in the firebox are lit by an igniter. This is all done electronically and digitally, especially in 2021 with all of the technology we have now. So again, you plug in the grill or smoker you pour pellets in the hopper and you set the temp no differently than you would in your kitchen oven. They will go 160 degrees all the way up to over 500. As I tell everyone at my store, a wood pellet grill will literally cook every food on the planet. I cannot think of a food that is cooked lower than probably 150 or higher than 550 degrees. Wood pellet grills have become so popular because they take the place of every other cooking apparatus on your patio. You can get rid of your gas grill. You can get rid of your dedicated smoker, your electric smoker, your ugly drum smoker, your pit smoker. The wood pellet grill will do it all. At low temps, it's a smoker, meaning 200 degrees, cooking low and slow for a long period of time, as we said. 
in medium temps, 375, it's no different than your oven. I've cooked cheesecake, cookies, cupcakes, bread, apple pies. Europe has been using wood-fired brick ovens for about a thousand years. Wood pellet grills are a wood-fired metal oven, and that's basically the only difference. The heat is from pellets burning in a fire pot, which is literally a, a fire. And then the smoke is generated from these pellets that are cooking at a low temp. The higher in temp you go, the less smoke you get. I know some of you listeners are thinking, who would eat a smoked cheesecake? Probably nobody. So the higher temp, if I'm 380 to 400, that cheesecake is cooking in there just like a wood-fired brick oven, but it does not have a smoky flavor. When you go to a true Italian pizzeria, they're cooking your pizza in a wood-fired brick oven. That pizza does not taste like charcoal. It's just a good crispy crust pizza that we all like. Wood pellet grills over 400 degrees, guess what? They're a pizza oven. If you're lazy like me, as the easy does it barbecue denotes, you go to Papa Murphy's and get a take and bake and just throw it on there at the end of the day and you're feeding the family in 15 minutes and you've cooked it in a wood-fired metal oven. So this is why wood pellet grills have become so popular in today's environment. As I mentioned earlier, the technology has gotten to the point that the way the wood pellet grills are constructed, as long as you have power and pellets, you can control that grill from your smartphone. Why would someone do that? Now, I never advocate leaving a grill or smoker at your house unattended. That is not a smart idea, and we would never do that. However, with a wood pellet grill, I can fill up the hopper at 9 o'clock at night. I can throw a big brisket on there, and I can go to bed. Now, I know what you're thinking, Dan. You just said not to leave a grill unattended. Well, that grill is attached to my smartphone, and that smartphone is laying on the headboard right next to me while I sleep. If that grill goes out, or the temp goes up, or anything happens, my smartphone alerts me to it. And that's exactly where we're at in 2021 now. All I have to do is get up and attend to it. Luckily, that doesn't happen very often, especially here in Colorado, because we don't have a lot of humidity to have to deal with and so on, so we can cook a little easier. But I cannot think of a way to smoke a brisket or cook strong, heavy meats than while you're sleeping. And that's the beauty of a wood pellet grill. So Colorado Barbecue Outfitters does sell different varieties of wood pellet grills. If you come into the store, I'll tell you everything you wanted to know about wood pellet grills. They will cook every food on the planet. You're listening to Easy Does It Barbecue with Dan McDonald from Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. This is BBQ FAQ. And the question today is, what is a Texas crutch? Texas crutch can mean two things. It's used very commonly, first of all, in a barbecue catering business. Meat that has been cooked can be wrapped in foil, double wrapped in foil, and then put in a cooler and will hold its temperature for hours. And caterers came up with this trick in order to get the food warm to their location. To tie in with that, in competition barbecue, competition barbecue teams have to turn in their food at a specific time. It is almost impossible to time barbecue down to the minute. So they will Texas crutch it, and I'll explain what that means in a second. Most of you backyard barbecuers are going to experience Texas crutch when the meat hits a certain temperature. When beef brisket 
gets anywhere between 130 to 170 internal temp, it goes through an evaporative cooling process, just like the human body sweats when it gets overheated. When that happens, the temperature of the meat stalls. We call it the stall. When that stalls, it could take hours for that meat to increase in temp. That just means more fire, more temp management for you, and a longer wait to eat. So what can you do? You take the meat off the smoker, you double wrap it in foil. Some people wrap it in butcher paper, and we'll talk about that in another segment. Some people wrap it in foil and then put it back on the smoker. Or in the wintertime, you can finish it in your oven. That's what I do because there's no reason to waste any more wood. The Texas Crutch just simply gets the meat through the stall, makes your cook a little sooner. You don't have to wait as long and you just get to that end result a little bit quicker. Thanks for listening, and this has been a great time for my first installment of Easy Does It Barbecue, sponsored by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, my store. Colorado Barbecue Outfitters is located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard. It's on the northeast corner of Vickers and Academy. The phone number is 719-465-1041. Please call me at any time for any questions that you may have. My website is 719BBQ, so just remember area code and barbecue, 719BBQ.com. Come and visit me. Here's some of the things you'll see when you walk in the door of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. First of all, you'll have me to answer any and all questions that you may ever have. I carry the largest selection of rubs and sauces along the front range. I carry all wood products, pellets, chips, chunks, and logs for the large pit masters. I carry all accessories and gadgets that you'll need to make your life a little bit easier with cooking outdoors. And lastly, I carry all sorts of smokers and grills for every different experience level of the barbecue enthusiast. Thanks for listening. This has been Easy Does It Barbecue with Dan McDonald. So remember, if it ain't easy, you're working too hard. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue. Brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. Specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean.